We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Hood, 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 hood! This is the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson. Zach Pearson. And Aaron Lemming. Aaron Lemming. Providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. Training camp continues on, and we actually have live Chicago Bears football this week to talk about as they get set to host the Miami Dolphins in their first preseason contest of the year. And before that, the two teams will actually hold joint practices together. But we're here today um, to kind of break down what we have seen so far in training camp from the Chicago Bears. I am usually joined by my co-host Aaron Lemming. This time I am joined by a few writers here at the Bear Report who have been at training camp um, at least once so far. And they're going to share what they have seen as well as I have. Before we get into all that, though, let's welcome them in. Uh, please welcome in Andrew Freeman. You said Koshal. Guys, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Excited for training camp, obviously. Um, nice to be inside for a bit for the rest of the evening, get out of this Chicago heat. But how are you, Andrew? Yeah, doing good. Like You mentioned the heat, man. I went running earlier today. I was talking to Zach about this before we were recording. And yeah, it was just a minute in and it's already too much, way too much heat. So uh, glad to be talking about some Bears football, though. We've got a lot of exciting stuff, obviously. And then uh, yeah, like Zach said, live football this Saturday. It's kind of hard to believe that we're already getting to this point because this offseason has just been so long, but um, it, it's really starting to kick into gear now, and this is where the fun officially starts to begin, really. Yeah, man, that heat was brutal today. I was out there, and I just got to my car, and I was drenched in sweat. Um, but, yeah, I was actually talking to a guy who covers the Dolphins um, for one of the bonus podcasts for the VIP subscribers, and he was telling me, not to spoil anything, but he was telling me, he's like, how's the weather up there? It's got to be, you know – pretty mild and i'm like no it's hot it's like 95 degrees all week and he goes yeah but the humidity is not bad either right i'm like no the humidity is awful here so it's pretty much the same weather as they have down in miami i don't think it'll impact the dolphins too much they're they're pretty much used to it um down there with the humidity and and the hot weather but yeah i mean let's kind of just start with that i mean you know the bears are going to be playing in a preseason game but before that they'll be hosting joint practices on wednesday and thursday with miami and kind of how I look at this is 
I don't really actually expect much. I don't know what the plan officially is in terms of scrimmages and um, position drills. I've seen like Dallas and LA had joint practices. Um, There's a couple other teams had joint practices and they were actually doing drills against each other, which I thought was kind of, um, you know, fun. Um, I, I believe they were also having fans. I mean, no fans at this one, but I just don't know kind of what to expect. Um, in terms of the Bears, you know, will they let Justin Fields go up against Miami's first team defense? Will Andy Dalton go up against the second team defense? You know, things like that. Uh, I do think it is cool, though. I think it's a, a fun and unique experience that kind of lets the Bears measure up against what I think is going to be a playoff team in the AFC. And if not, they should be, you know, right on that fringe as they were last year. This is a talented Miami team um, coming in. And I think obviously the big storyline is Tua. But outside of that, what I'm going to be looking for and I kind of get your guys' opinion on this. I think if Jalen Waddle practices, if Will Fuller practices, I don't know their official status yet. Miami has a lot of speed to offer, um, not only at the wide receiver position, but a couple other positions on their offense. And as well, you know, on defense, they have a pretty damn good secondary. So what are your kind of your guys' thoughts on, you know, maybe how can Miami challenge um, the Bears offense or Chicago's defense? <clears throat> Yeah, I can start with the offense here because it's going to be interesting because, I mean, we talk about how, you know, Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson have been having some good practice so far. You know, I'm kind of curious to see how they do against Miami's cornerbacks here because they have a really good secondary in Miami. It's one of the best in the NFL. Um, we talk about Xavier Howard on one side and then uh, Jones on the other side there. So two really quality corners, and they've invested heavily in that position over the past few years. You talk about, um, you know, that style of defense coming from the Belichick tree, they really emphasize coverage to a high degree. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the one-on-one battles here, the seven-on-seven stuff. And then on the other side, the seven, uh, on the de- defense side of the ball, really the same thing because we talked about all camp about that cornerback position being a troublesome position or, or worrisome position for the Bears long-term going into this year. And, you know, Jalen Johnson, you can feel good about him on one side, but we still have that – that battle on the other side with Kendall Vildor and Desmond Trufant, you know, which one of those guys is going to step up here. And like you said, you know, Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller are going to put a lot of stress on these guys. And it's not even just those two uh, with that receiving core. You know, we've heard a lot of good things about Albert Wilson coming out of Miami Dolphins camp. He's a guy who uh, Nagy used to coach over in Kansas city when he was over there as the offensive coordinator. So that'll be fascinating to see how they work him in there against the third and fourth corners for the bears. And then you talk about guys like Mike Kosecki, at the tight end position, how does Roquan Smith match up against him in one-on-one battles or in the full 11-11, 7-on-7 type of stuff? And then you know, the return of Adam Shaheen back here, that'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there with him as another tight end for the Dolphins. So I'm really curious to see how the, the secondary holds up here because if the quarterbacks can really step up and look good in this setting, I think that's going to go a long way towards kind of building up some confidence for them as they head into the season. Yeah, kind of going off what Andrew said, I mean, everyone's going to be focused on the wide receivers as well as the secondary, but the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for is how is this Bears offensive line going to look? And I know it's not going to be at full strength until Tevin Jenkins gets back, which again, that is just a completely separate issue that maybe we'll discuss later on in the pod or just at another time. But what is this Bears offensive line going to look like? Because Sam Mustafer, again, we've watched him all throughout training camp, and there's been nothing but good things that have been said about him from players, teammates, coaches, whatever the case may be. And then you have Cody Whitehair back, who, again, is the leader of your offensive line. Jermaine Ifedi's injured. So what 
is the depth this second and third team? What is that going to look like for the Bears specifically along the offensive line? And I think when you look at this Miami defensive line, I mean, all right, they have guys like Adam Butler, Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins, who's a former first-round pick. Emmanuel Agba is a really solid player. So I think this is the perfect game for the Bears to kind of get a early look at, okay, where is our second and third team string offensive line at um, with a lot of our top starters just out? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's going to be kind of tough to judge anything in this preseason game in this joint practices because, like you said, you say that the offensive line is so banged up. I mean, they're to the point where nothing against Elijah Wilkinson. He's not like a really star or standout tackle, but he returned to practice today, and it was kind of like almost a little bit of a relief, like, oh, okay, they actually got someone who has experience at tackle because they've just been banged up. You know, Larry Borum got his shot last week, and then two practices later um, suffers a concussion and has been in concussion protocol since. Um, well, Chavius Simmons got a shot on the on the edge, and then he went to concussion protocol. Um, so they're really, you know, they're kind of rotating guys. I mean, you look at this offensive line, these names – pretty much all of them except for Cody Whitehair and Sam Mustafer have had their shot at tackle uh, due to all these injuries. I mean, Tyrone Wheatley, um, Arlington Hambright, Simmons, Borum, Wilkinson, um, you know, and a Fetty and, and Tevin Jenkins aren't ready to go yet. And I think that's becoming a big problem for the bears as you know, Tevin Jenkins misses 11th straight practice as he was out on Tuesday and he's, pretty much probably going to be out on Wednesday as well. And I expect him to be out until next week. Now, in terms of Fetty, Matt Nagy really hasn't tipped his hand. He hasn't said much on a Fetty. Um, he is on the pup list. So there's not really a lot to talk about, but he did say, you know, when he was talking about him last week or, or the week before, it kind of felt like Matt Nagy was hinting that he thinks a will be ready for the regular season. And, you know, while a not a standout either, he's also a guy that, he doesn't necessarily need all the reps in training camp to go out there. He'd be fine going out there and playing tackle. He's played it before but with a guy like Tevin Jenkins, you know, you, you need him to get reps and it would be nice to see him get some reps uh, this week against Miami. Um, you know, they have a very solid defense and they also have a rookie who, um, I, God, what is this? A kid from Miami, Jalen Phillips, um, you know, who stayed home was drafted by the Dolphins, went to Miami, who apparently has been looking really good in training camp. So I would like to have seen, you know, Jenkins face up against some of those guys. We're just not going to see it, and it's becoming a concern. But kind of back to my original point, it's kind of hard to put stock in these things. Um, you know, it is a preseason. I, I don't 
know how much each quarterback's going to play. If I had a guess, I would say Dalton will get one series. Fields will probably get, you know, the rest of the first half and then they'll throw Nick Foles out there. But obviously Fields is the one that everyone's going to be watching for. And when Matt Nagy kind of hinted at the plans a little bit today, um, it got me excited because the next step for Justin Fields is those reps on the field against competition. And uh, I guess that brings me to the next point. He's been looking really good in training camp so far. And after a kind of a slow start as a, you know, in his first couple of practices as a rookie, the one thing I've looked at with Justin Fields is he's built consistently good practices together. He, he's been really damn good these last five or six. And he was good again on Tuesday, despite it being kind of a closed, um, you know, light 10, 10, 10 practice. He was still out there making some throws. Um, and I'm pretty sure you guys agree with me after you guys have seen him. He looks like the real deal out there. Yeah, he does definitely look like the real deal. And again, I know all three of us were there on Friday's practice. And when you watched him in the red zone drills, what I thought was interesting was that Justin was just in complete command. And I was actually there two weeks ago as well on the um, first Friday of training camp, which was like the third or fourth practice. And I have to say that my big takeaway was watching him from week one to week two for Justin. You can tell things are just slowing down so significantly to the point where even Matt Nagy kind of alluded to it is that once the Bears broke for the summer after OTAs and minicamp, what had happened is Justin's homework was learn how to call plays into a huddle. And then all of a sudden he shows up to Hallis Hall three to five weeks later and he's mastered that. And now what the Bears are working on with him appears to be those post-snap progressions. And what is Justin going to see after the ball is snapped in terms of disguises, coverages, blitzes? What's the defense going to throw at you? And so really when it comes to Justin, I mean, I know everyone talks about how, and Ryan Pace has alluded to this too, just that, okay, Justin's a hard worker. He wants to be great. Justin's himself has said greatness doesn't come overnight and that's all process. But I think Justin right now is far ahead of where a lot of people expected him to be. And that's, what's going to make this Saturday against Miami. So interesting because I think we're going to get to the point very quickly where two things are going to happen. Number one, we're at the point in camp where players begin to separate themselves from the rest of the competition. And we get a feel for, okay, these are the players that are guaranteed roster spots. These are the players that are on the bubble. Um, these are the players that should absolutely not be here. But number two, I think Justin's going to make the Bears QB decision so much harder because the Bears have said five or six times this offseason, Andy's the starter, but they didn't say for how long. So it's and I think that the next couple of weeks here are going to definitely change that. And it's going to start this Saturday against Miami. Yeah, I'm really curious how they're going to start divvying up the reps here going forward because like we kind of mentioned, all three of us were there on Friday. And I thought from my observations there, you know, it was kind of even both ways. Obviously, Dalton's working with the first team. Justin Fields is with the second team. So there's a little bit of a grain of salt there in terms of, you know, how these guys are looking. But I thought it was an uneven day for both those guys personally, just watching them. Um, I mean, it, there wasn't really much that they were asking them to do. I kind of thought from the quarterback's perspective on that day particularly. But you kind of saw that, you know, Andy Dalton looked like the veteran quarterback, looked the guy – uh, that was ready to go, that's been in this offense or has been in an NFL in the NFL for a long time, basically. And Justin Fields looked like a bit of a rookie. There were a couple um, mistakes here here and there. I mean, obviously, there's that one highlight where Roquan Smith just burst the backfield and uh, picked off what was essentially, what was it, like a shovel pass that he picked off for a touchdown yeah. or something like that. It, like it, a it, was a ridiculous play. it was a ridiculous play by Roquan, first of all. I don't think there's anything you can pin on Justin there. but um, And then we get into Sunday there, so – 
I was lucky enough to get there on Sunday once again. And I guess, <laughs> I guess I looked out and saw Justin Fields best practice because he was lights out on that day in particular. So you're seeing, you're talking about stacking days together, which is very important for these rookie quarterbacks. You don't want, you know, these highs and lows of every single day where one day, kind of like what we heard on Mitch Trubisky in a lot of his early years at training camp where he would have this one really good day and the next one he would, you know, it would not be as good. And it just kind of be this fluctuation from day to day and what to expect from him. It seems that we're getting consistent progression. And we really saw that come together for him on Sunday when I was there. And, I mean, he looked fantastic. And you talk about making a tough decision for Matt Nag here uh, in terms of who's starting that quarterback position. Um, Justin Fields is going to do everything he can, it looks like, to make Matt Nagy have to keep him on the bench here um, because uh, he, he looked fantastic, I thought, on Sunday. And you talk about the red zone drills. Uh, he had multiple stretches on Sunday where he was just – it was touchdown, 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 back to back to back to back. And he, he looked dialed in. And, I mean, there were that, – that one throw that that's cycling on Twitter right now where that he was rolling out to his left, that kind of sidearm ball to, to Riley Ridley for the touchdown there. There was another throw on Sunday where it was literally like a perfect ball that he threw to Javon Williams in the corner of the end zone. Uh, the cornerback on the play was literally – had a beat on – had a beat on it the entire time, the entire play. He was, he was reading the route for him and Justin Fields literally threw it in the only place uh, that he could to get the completion there. There was nothing the cornerback could do. He was doing everything well on that play. It was just a perfect throw. And that's something we haven't seen from a bears quarterback in a very long time here where the defense can do everything right. But the quarterback just does something special to where he makes a positive play that the defense, they just had no chance of stopping. And it seems like we're starting to see those flashes more consistently now that he's gotten more reps under his belt uh, as the weeks have gone by. And that's really positive to see. And again, like I said before, I'm really curious to see if he gets more first-team reps going forward here because if we start to see him get more first-team reps, uh, that can be an indication that Matt Nagy is thinking about maybe making the switch a little bit quicker than originally anticipated where you know he made that statement earlier in the offseason where Andy Dalton's our guy, he's going to be the guy on week one. Well, what if Justin Fields goes out there in preseason and lights it up and continues to light it up in practice? And there's there's just no decision. Like Matt Nagy has to throw Justin Fields out there because him, the coaches, and the players know that this is the guy and he's ready to go. So I mean, I guess that's a good point. And all that you just said is is very good information there. So I was gonna ask you this, Andrew. Since you were there Sunday, um, and you know everyone knows, or the general consensus was that Justin Fields had a, a big day, and, and we saw the video of him throwing it to Riley Ridley, and you even said, you know, his, his other throw that might have been better um, was something completely different. What exactly are you seeing, or did you see from Justin Fields um, out there then? that made you say, okay, I guess outside of those throws, it made you say, okay, maybe this guy's got a legit shot to start. And then um, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll give my answer. I think you say you can give his later on after this, but what, how close do you think, you know, is Matt Nagy still having the back of his head? Is it starting to creep closer to the front of his head um, that Justin Fields could really contend for the starting job? Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, 
live only on Netflix. Yeah, well, well, going back to that practice, I think the first thing, mainly, obviously, the talent just pops off the field uh, when you're watching him practice. I mean, that was even the case on Friday where I thought he was a little bit more inconsistent that day. Um, but the talent still just jumps out to you when you're watching him. And that was certainly that certainly held true on Sunday as well. But what really impressed me was just the overall command he had of the offense that he was running. And it just seemed like he was in control of everything. Even when uh, some things didn't go completely right for him or uh, the play he had to break down, he had to go out there and make a play. He just looked very calm and looked like he knew what he was doing at all times. Nothing seemed to rattle him at, at, at any point. And um, it's just the playmaking ability really just st- stood out to me. Uh, which is what impressed me on Sunday. I mean, when we talk about the consistency there, uh, the, the fact that he was willing to throw balls into tight windows, the fact that he was – the pinpoint accuracy just really stands out. And those are some things that Andy Dalton has shown, that he does have that good touch, that good accuracy at, time, at times uh, to really anticipate throws and get the ball to his wide receivers. And we're starting to see Justin Fields do the exact same things with the added bonus of having that really high on arm talent and athletic ability as well. So it's all really, it all really came together for him. And it's tough to tell in practice sometimes because everything's going so fast and you're trying to keep track of so much, but you could visibly see Justin Fields on Sunday uh, going from one to two to three with his reads and going through his progressions and scanning the entire field and seeing what the defense is giving him and then making a quick decision and going to uh, zipping a throw to whatever receiver he was going with at that time. And um, those those are some of the things that you really like to see from him as he continues to go on day after day after day, because it's one thing to make a ridiculous throw like that one that to, to Riley Ridley, which has been just bears Twitter has just gone crazy over, which rightly so it's, it's an insane throw. It's really uh, Patrick Mahomes esque but the other stuff, the little things that you're, you're starting to see little by little, he start to get in tune with. Uh, those are some of the things I think the coaches are looking at. And I, uh, you know, because we talked about a lot of how Andy Dalton, he looks like a veteran. He looks like a guy that's in command of the offense. And Justin Fields, as the rookie, is still getting there. Well, obviously, we know that Justin Fields is the more talented player. But can he be the guy that knows what he's seeing from the defense and knows where everything is up for him on the offense side of the ball? It's where uh, he knows that he can go from one to two to three and be comfortable with the offense that he's been given. Well, I think we're starting to see that start to come to fruition here uh, as the weeks have gone on and as we get so many more practices coming forward. So. If he continues to progress with that, it's only a matter of time. And I think that has to put a lot of pressure on Matt Nagy to get him out there as a starter because, uh, man, if he continues to play like he did on Sunday, uh, there, you, cannot make another, you cannot make an argument to me that he isn't the best option for the Bears to win week one, even with the offensive line in the state that's in right now, which I think it's kind of a bigger thing to kind of talk about here. You know, what could hold back from Justin Fields? It might not be Justin Fields holding him back from starting – it might be that the offensive line isn't ready because as it stands right now, if we're, if we're getting what I saw on Sunday, it looks to me that Justin Fields looks ready. And that's got to be very exciting to see. But again, another grain of salt here, that's all against the number two defense here. So how much is that is, you know, him just taking advantage of a defensive unit that isn't quite as talented as the number ones who have been dominating pretty much all of training camp so far is what it sounds like. So that's where, trying to see how he does against the first team defense will be very interesting to see what happens there because if he's going up against the first team defense and he's looking just as good, then I think it makes the decision a little bit more easier for you. Yeah. And 
you know, I think you bring up a good point about the, the second team defense, um, stuff like that. And I would point to one thing I've noticed is it doesn't matter who the wide receiver is out there. I mean, he's throwing to Rodney Adams. Uh, he's thrown to Chris Lacey. Uh, John V. Johnson's gotten a couple of touchdowns. For me, watching him at the practices that I've been at, um, you know, I'm seeing a guy that's throwing his receivers open. And that's something we really didn't see from Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel um, or Nick Foles. He's putting the ball on the money and he's hitting guys, you know, like Johnson, like Lacey, like Adams, um, Javon Wims, Riley Ridley, guys who are at the bottom of the wide receiver depth chart right now, essentially fighting for jobs. And I just think that's that natural talent, you know, not only to be able to sling that football, but to put it in spots where defensive backs can't get to it, fit it in tight windows, um, throw your guys open. In, in a way, and I'm excited. I, I hope we get to see him with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney soon. Um, you know, whether it be a preseason game or in, tra- in training camp or anything like that, I do think the gap is closing a little bit. Um, I think. You know, at the beginning of training camp, I said that the Bears are going to set the bar so high, it'd be really hard for Justin Fields to to beat that bar. And even if he did, I mean, that means he's a tremendous talent and the Bears are pleased with where he's at um, with his progress. But now I think that door's kind of creaked open a little more because what I've seen from Justin Fields since I've been out there is improvement every single day, not only, you know, in the play, but also learning new things and learning to go through his progressions, learning how to read defenses, uh, disguise, you know, what the defenses are doing to disguise their coverage. Can he figure that type of stuff out? I've seen that as well. Um, you know, you say you've been out there a couple of practices as well. What have you seen from Justin Fields? And, you know, recently you wrote something on the mental reps. Uh, how important are those going to be for Fields moving forward in this competition? Well, they're going to be really important because, and I put a video out on Twitter Monday morning, actually, and I said this, I was just like, look, everyone's so concerned about the physical reps. Let's get Justin reps with the ones. And that's great. And all that stuff is valid because you need that stuff to develop any young quarterback, not just a rookie, but really any young quarterback who eventually is going to be a franchise caliber player or teams hope he can develop into a franchise caliber player. But what makes it so much more important with Justin is that we know what he can do physically. We know he can run a four, four, that he's a dual threat quarterback. That's got great poise, accuracy, throws receivers open, elevates the guys around him. We know Justin can do all that, but the mental side of the game is more and more important because Justin needs to be able to play faster. If you remember coming out of Ohio state, one of the big things that was a major knock on Justin and likely a reason that he fell all the way to number 11, in the draft was that some people felt like he was a first read quarterback. Some people felt like, okay, well, Justin just is not going to be able to play fast enough for the NFL game. And we're seeing quarterbacks coach John DeFilippo really work on him with that because DeFilippo mentioned that like, look, I work on Justin with the two minute drills. Justin's taking pointers from people like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, just about the mental side of the game. And what tends to happen a lot, I think, is that, and Mitch Trubisky, I think, is one of the biggest examples of this, is that you get these quarterbacks, they come into the NFL, they are really good athletes, but unfortunately, they don't have it mentally. And then all of a sudden, they're unable to just adjust to the NFL game and the speed of the NFL. And then eventually, they bust out of the league in a couple of years. And so with Justin, really, the mental side of the game is more important. And we saw that 
that on Friday, by the way. We saw that the, you know, the poise, the pocket presence, the mobility, all that stuff was there. And we talk about navigating the pocket. I mean, you have to have the instincts and you need to know when exactly to be able to navigate the pocket. And I know everyone's talking about that throw from Sunday. Look at Friday's practice. Justin made another great throw where he rolled out of the pocket, scrambled all the way to the left it was, and then hit Jesse James for a touchdown. And so those are the types of throws that when we talk about, like we're seeing, okay, the mental side of things is really slowing down for Justin. And so now the next question is this is, Hey, is he going to get reps with the ones here in the coming days um, and throughout preseason? And what is he going to be able to do so he can quickly develop that chemistry with guys like Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. And I would even argue some of the running backs because the bears love to have their running backs be used in the passing game. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, and that's a good point. You know, is the mental reps, stuff like that. And will Justin get his chance with the, with the first team? What we'll to stay tuned and and uh, wait for that because you know these next couple practices will be closed, um, so we can't really report on anything like that. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait till the preseason and maybe until practices are open up against again next week. Uh, let's move on from the quarterbacks, and uh, I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on what you've seen at practice. Um, you know, I've been on the podcast a couple past two weeks now pretty much explain what I've seen. I want to give you guys a chance to maybe note any other standouts or anything interesting in any of these practices um, that you've seen so far that you've been out there, whether it be a player, um, anything the bears are doing differently, a position group, anything like that. Well, it's probably the obvious thing to point out, but the offensive line needs to get uh, back healthy as soon as possible. Um, Especially that tackle situation. I mean, you can see it at pretty much every practice, uh, the two that I was there, and it seems like that's the case at every single practice so far, but uh, the defensive line has just been dominating, whether it's the first team, the second team, or the third team. They're just dominating the offensive line, and there's really not much they can do about it because they only have like nine, ten guys available at some of these practices. So um, that's the obvious one to get out of the way. Like We need to see the offensive line get healthy because it's really tough to judge how well the de- defensive line is doing when they're going up against – when you have your first-string guys pretty much going up against third-string quality players on a consistent basis. But uh, in certain in terms of some of the other guys that, that stood out to me, um, you know, one guy that, that may not make the roster, but I think has a really nice chance of making the practice squad. He kind of mentioned him earlier, Zach, but uh, John V. Johnson has been a guy that I think uh, could find a, a nice role here in the practice squad because he's been showing a nice chemistry with Justin Fields with the second team guys. Um, they had their depth chart out, out today where it seemed like he was a fourth string guy in the depth chart, but um, there's really not much I want to put like not much stock to put into those early uh, preseason game depth charts because they're, they're so fluid throughout the rest of training camp and preseason. Like that's going to change throughout time. But you know, I really like what I saw out of him showing good speed, uh, good ability to get deep on guys. I mean, we saw Justin Fields a lot on Friday, especially hit a lot of deep balls at John Bay Johnson. He was open pretty much all the time. They asked him to do any of those deep, like vertical routes, post routes, deep post, um, all that stuff. He was doing really good. He was doing a really good job of getting separation on those. And then 
Going over to the defensive side of the ball, Kendall Vildor has continued to make plays at practice there. You know, they're in that little bit of a competition there. Um, we're talking about him and Desmond Trufant going at it for that second starting spot. Uh, Vildor continues to make plays out there. And it's not like Trufant's been bad by any means when he's been out there. He was out there on Sunday. And he looked pretty good as well. But uh, Vildor just continues to make consistently, con- continues to make plays. And uh, that's got to be a positive because, you know, the Bears haven't really invested a ton in this cornerback room right now. Now you look at, you know, you're starting a second rounder in Jalen Johnson, um, and you're hoping to see a lot of progress from him. He's looked pretty good. And then you're hoping that one of these guys can step up on the outside in the nickel, and you're hoping that Kendall Vildor is one of those guys because as a fifth-round pick, if he can be a decent starter for you, I mean, it's a home run of a pick right there. And so you, can, you hope you, that he continues to show that progress because if he does, that'll quell some of the – questions that we have about the cornerback room i'm still not uh ready to crown him quite yet as he started for this team but uh he's making some good progress out there which is good to see going forward and then i guess one more guy that i can throw out here as well as i mean how about al Gogletree? he's been an absolute baller out there i mean you said i think you can maybe continue on with uh Ogletree here but uh yeah he's been what how many interceptions does he have right now like seven interceptions so far six, in training six. Camp? yep six that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you've only been here for like three, four days. That's it's, it's wild that, cause I mean, he had those two against the bears when he was a giant back in 2018. And then he had another inter- interception against them in 2019. That's something I wrote about in an article a couple of days ago. Uh, there's just something about him picking off um, bears quarterbacks that he seems to enjoy that quite a bit. So um, I don't know if that's just a thing where he's just doing really well in practice, but uh, Ogletree, he's making a nice case for himself to make a roster spot here Dare I say, maybe push Dane Trevathan for a starting spot here because um, they need that coverage ability from their linebackers if they're going to run the defense the way I think they want to this year. And if Ogletree shows that he's a better fit as a coverage linebacker, um, that could be something interesting to watch here. So there's one player that stood out to me more than anyone. I know the last time we were on this main podcast was back in like March or April, previewing the NFL draft and talking about um, NFL free agency, but I was a bit skeptical of the signing of running back Damian Williams, just because I was like, look, this is a running back again, that's going into his seventh, eighth, or I think it's like ninth year in the league, but he also opted out of the 2020 season. So you don't really know how fresh he's going to look. And then OTAs and mandatory minicamp kind of come and go and really don't hear much from or much about Damian Williams, I want to say. But overall, Damian Williams is a player that's impressed me. I think when you look at him, he's a re- he's a ha- very hard runner, but he's also a really good receiver as well. And I just have this sneaky feeling because he's been in this offense before with with Andy Reid in Kansas City, not with Matt Nagy, that what's going to happen is Matt is going to kind of go back and look at how Andy Reid used him throughout 2018 and 2019 to use Williams to his fullest potential. And that's going to bode really well here for the Bears because we don't know what Tariq's Cohen status is going to look like. If you were to talk to me at the start of training camp, I would have told you this. It's going to be David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen as the one-two running back punch. But I think right now with Tariq Cohen's knee looking so uncertain that it's going to be David Montgomery and then Damian Williams that are going to be the one-two running backs. And then also another thing I'm looking for is um, this defensive line group, right? So they lost Roy Robertson-Harris as well as Brent Urban throughout in, in free agency, and you have these younger guys like Kyrus Tonga. You have some bets in there like Mario Edward Jr., who was a late addition in camp last year. Then you have um, 
what's uh, to believe it's Angel? Yeah, it's Angelo Blackson. He's a veteran that's been bounced around a couple teams. But what is this defensive line depth going to look like? Especially knowing that Eddie Goldman is still on the reserve COVID nineteen list. And by the way, we're recording this on Tuesday, Mar- or Tuesday, August tenth, right? And the Bears activated a couple players off the reserve COVID nineteen list, but Eddie Goldman wasn't amongst them. And then a, another thing that I'm looking for is this special teams unit. I have absolutely no idea why, but the Friday that I was there at practice, what happened is no, there's a number 11 and that's Darnell Mooney. For those of you guys wondering that was back there returning kickoffs. I have no idea why the bears are doing that. I really hope that they change that up because a guy like a Kalua Herbert or a John Vea Johnson, a guy that's got actual burners and probably isn't going to have a significant role on the offense should be back there returning punts simply because if you throw a guy like a Mooney back there, you do not want to risk the exact same situation that you had with Tariq Cohen last year, which is just another major injury to something that essentially could have been avoided. Yeah, and I think that's going to change. I think once Daz Newsom gets healthy, you know, Darnell Mooney will not be back there taking punts or kicks or anything like that. Uh, I think that was just, you know, the, the depth chart is something that, you know, it's fun when the Bears put it out, but there's so much that's going to change between now and, and the regular season that it's almost, you know, it's just there to fill for um, preseason. So I, I'd be absolutely shocked if Darnell Mooney was taking punts or kicks. I think, I agree. I think that'd be a, terribly dumb move by the bears risking one of your best offensive playmakers back there. Um, you know, especially after they saw what happened with Tariq Cohen last year on, on fielding a punt. Um, yeah. I mean, for me the standouts, you know, I love what Damian Williams has brought to the table. I thought he, I think he's had a really good camp and I think it kind of, um, you know, lessens the pain of what Tariq Cohen's going through because I don't think Tariq Cohen's anywhere near um, ready to go in terms of week one status. So having Damian Williams and now Khalil Herbert kind of emerging to take that number three spot is, is a nice thing to have. I mean, the big takeaway I have is just the defensive line is just dominant and, yeah, you know, that offensive line is is really struggling with injuries, but, I mean, you're just looking at guys like Bilal Nichols and, um, you know, Angela Blacks and Mario Edwards who are doing it against Cody Whitehair and Sam Mustafer and even James Daniels when he was out there. Um, you know, they've had some really good battles and one-on-one drills as well, and, you know, those are your three strong offensive linemen. So to see the defense kind of take advantage of that and, and just get back there for sacks has been – you know, nice to see for the defense, not so nice to see for the offense. You know, Kendall Vilders had a standout camp so far. Um, I was actually shocked to see him at number two on the depth chart just because Trufant has been running with the ones for most of camp until re- just recently. Uh, I do think Vilder will have that spot now locked down. I don't see him losing it. And then after that, you know, it's going to be a battle inside the, the nickel too because they've been kind of mixing guys in and out. You know, Xavier Crawford's played there. Uh, Marquis Christian's played there. Duke Shelley's got reps there and even Vilder's gotten a couple reps inside the slot um, so far in training camp. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on the rest of the way. You know, getting Eddie Jackson back is going to be key. And and I think, you know, you guys, if you disagree here, speak up. But I think the injuries outside of the quarterback race is going to be the biggest thing to look for um, the rest of the way. You know, we're pretty much a month away from the start of the season. And it's getting to the point where it's almost panic time for some of these injuries, especially Tevin Jenkins. So the Bears just got to get healthy and, you know, make sure they enter week one healthy and clear some of these injuries up. Yeah, it's ridiculous almost how many injuries the Bears have had to deal with. I know it's early in camp, and a lot of these might just be, you know, some minor stuff that they just don't want to take any risk with right now. But the Tevin Jenkins one, Jenkins one is just 
really worrisome to me, uh, really worrisome because uh, just the fact that this is something that it sounds like it dates back all the way to last year when he was at Oklahoma State. So I wonder, you know, was that something that they just missed the evaluation? Because we've also seen some rumors out there. I've seen this float around on Twitter that some teams uh, took him completely off their draft board because of the back injury. So I'm wondering, you know, was that something that was really an issue going into the process that the Bears just missed or you know, was that something that was well known by the NFL and the Bears? They just made the move anyway because they love his tape so much. I, I don't know because that's that's a huge that's a huge issue because if the, if he cannot get that back right, that creates so many issues as an offensive tackle uh, having to bend at that spot, having to have that flexibility to hang with these edge rushers. Uh, you do not want to see him having long term back issues at that spot. So I'm really hoping that you know they haven't put him on the pup list list yet. So it's it I guess it seems like they don't think it's too serious to where he can't physically um they feel like he's gonna be back at some point, I guess. But um yeah, it's just a really weird situation because it sounded like it was something where they probably expected him to be back early. My guess is there must be some kind of setback going on to where that's that's something that's keeping him out at this point. And you know, we'll we'll have to see what happens there because it seems like when he went down and then and then Boren went down, Lachavius Simmons went down. It's just one thing after another at that offensive tackle spot. So uh, the hope is that they get back healthy there. And, of course, James Daniels going down. But uh, And then you talk about injuries elsewhere, getting Eddie Jackson back is going to be nice. But Roquan then went down right after that practice on Friday where he was just lighting up everybody. He looked, he looked fantastic out there on Friday. He goes down with an injury. So it's like it's like they have like one guy get back and then somebody else goes down with an injury. It's It's – it's been crazy so far. So hopefully these guys can get back healthy. You know, the big thing, especially for the defense, I think is I'm not really too worried about the de- the injuries on defense. Cause I think as long as they're ready to go for week one, they'll be fine. I, I have a lot of confidence in Sean Desai. That's one thing I, I like to mention uh, Sean Desai, the energy he brings to that side of the ball. You, you can tell it's contagious out there. I mean, he's firing guys up. He's loud. He's boisterous. Uh, you know, when the guys are making a mistake, he lets them know about it, but he also lets them know, you know, when they're doing positive things out there. So uh, I'm really excited. I was already pretty excited about Sean Desai, the hire there. Um, he's really confirmed that to me. He's, he's, I've been impressed with what I've seen. Out of, I've seen out of Sean Desai so far. I know it's, there's not a ton to take away here because um, you, you can, there's only so much you can glean from these things in practice, but the energy he brings is pretty contagious for that defense. So I'm hoping Again, that he can keep that up there and that they can get healthy on the offensive line a little bit going here. But yeah, if they don't, especially up front with the offensive line, that's going to be that's going to be brutal for them because then that makes things, I guess, a decision on the quarterback situ- situation pretty a little bit easier for Matt Nagy because you don't want to throw Justin Fields out there with you know third stringers out there at the left tackle and right tackle positions because he's just going to get killed if that happens. So um, the hope is if they can get Ifedi back and Jenkins back. I'll feel a lot better about that, but as it stands right now, that's it's it's pretty brutal right now there. Yeah, and look, I'm going to add this on for the Jenkins injury. One of the major things that a lot of people seemingly forget about is that the medicals are done typically at the NFL scouting combine, and then when teams bring players in for the 30 visits that are teams are allotted each year pre-draft. What happens is teams tend to do another physical right there to kind of get a final set and stone evaluation. Well, guess what? This year, we didn't necessarily even have any of that. So I understand that it makes a lot more sense now as to why the medical issues could be something as to why Tevin slipped all the way that he did. Because if you remember during mock draft season, I mean, 
a lot of people had Tevin as the third or fourth offensive tackle off the board, and they had him as a top 20 pick. But you, you look at these injuries. I mean, these injuries are really ridiculous because outside of the offensive line, you have Tori Cohen, who seemingly, you know, I spotted him in a knee brace. And again, he's in uniform, but he's not necessarily practicing. There's been times he hasn't even been working out on the side. So it's just like kind of what's going going on here. And I'll add the last thing on here about the Tevin Jenkins injury. I mean, if you go back to training camp in 2019, the last year in Bourbonnais, we kind of saw the exact same thing happen with Trey Burton, the tight end. And I understand Trey had surgery that offseason following that loss to the Eagles in the double doink game. But that year, I also remember being in Bourbonnais and Matt Nagy kind of saying the same thing every single day that, hey, you know what? We're easing Trey back in. Trey's not fully ready to go, all this stuff. And then eventually what happens, Trey played like one game that season and then was out for the rest of the year. And so this is the exact same thing because at first Matt was just so optimistic and now Matt's not necessarily even, it just seemed like even he doesn't know what exactly is going on with Tevin Jenkins. And so it's just a situation to continuously monitor. And I mean, look, the season's going to be here in like what I think it's 30, in 32 days, I believe the Bears are going to be in Los Angeles. And so they need to be fully healthy and ready to go because the Rams did get a lot better this offseason, especially at the quarterback position, swapping out Jared Goff for um, Matthew Stafford. And then regarding the defense, I'll say this. I mean, a lot of people did write this defense off going into 2021 and it looks good on paper. But then again, it's just like we're seeing the same guys, the Khalil Max and the Akeem Hicks and the Roquan Smith, you know, we're seeing those guys perform at a high level and it's not anything new. It's something we expect. But now my question is this is, hey, what's going to go on with Robert Quinn, who, by the way, has also been out of practice with a back injury a couple of days a week. So it's just like, can Robert Quinn show up? You know, is there going to be someone like a Travis Gibson or an undrafted free agent in Charles Snowden that's going to push for some playing time? Looking at the secondary. Okay, so Desmond Trufant and Artie Burns are your two most experienced cornerbacks on the roster. Um, is there going to be a young player outside of Kendall Vilder that's making him push? Maybe a guy like Duke Shelley, who last year at this time everyone thought was going to be able to push Buster Screen, who's not even on the roster anymore for a spot. And so really right now for the Bears, just like my biggest takeaway is that they have a lot of um, questions that they're going to have to answer, and they've got a really small window to go ahead and do it. Yeah, and you know they have to get healthy. They cannot afford any more major injuries here in training camp. Um, that's just going to be it. You know, you have to stay healthy and get your guys going. Um, the first few weeks, you can kind of, you know, not really afford injuries, but you can kind of get by. Um, now you're at the at the point where you're going to be playing preseason games and you're ramping up for the start of the season. You got to get these guys healthy because you need to get your team intact. Um, and I guess, you know, the good news is some of these injuries, you know, Tashawn Gibson really doesn't need uh, many reps. Roquan Smith probably wouldn't be getting reps in the preseason a lot anyway. Um, Eddie Goldman probably wouldn't be getting a ton anyway. But you can't keep banking on that. You're going to need these guys to be back and, and solidify your defense. So, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like that's it, boys. And, uh, let work everyone follow you guys on Twitter at and read your work. We'll start with uh, Andrew. Yeah, you can find my work at thebearreport.com. You can also find my work on the Bear Report YouTube channel as well. You know, with the preseason starting, hoping to have some stuff up for that as we get into actual live games here. So, really excited about uh, some projects coming up there. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. And like I said before, you can find my work at the Bear Report. I'm going to be promoting it on social media as well. So, uh, if you want to check out my work, go check it out. 
Yeah, guys, and you can follow me um, on Twitter at Usaid Cultural. Check out my work on the Bear Report. I drop stories every morning at 8 a.m. Um, recapping something that kind of went on during the previous day at training camp. Also, you know, check out the Picks for Pace podcast with me and Andrew. We do that once a week. Right now, we're doing a little mini series where we bring on different beat writers from various college programs across the country to get an idea of what the 2021 season for those respective programs could look like. Yeah, good stuff. I highly recommend you guys follow them. Uh, follow the Bear Report at Just Bear Report. Um, you make sure you rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Um, until next time, we'll be back with a brand new episode. Please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.